welcome to The Den. This is the podcast that gives permission to all of the feelings and what it explores, what it's like to, what it's really like to be creative and pushes for the change that we all deserve. And if you're watching live on Instagram, you can see that I read that out from that little script on my computer that I thought I should probably write down what it is that I'm going to talk about. Um, I am Jen Klempner and today I am speaking to you from the wonderful rec rooms in Salford in Manchester um, and these guys here are I hope I can say uh, friends of mine and um, have really generously uh, given me their time and space to record this first podcast today. And I thought I would take a little bit of time to explain who I am and what I do and what I'm doing and uh, what the den is um, to you today. So here it goes. Um, Yeah, I'm Jen. I am... I don't know where to start. You know, when you start listing like your attributes... Uh, suddenly I feel under pressure of like, what do I say first? In fact, I had this like problem recently with um, signing up to TikTok. Yes, I've done it. I've uh, made that step. I have joined the young kids um, and become part of that TikTok. Because I keep being told TikTok, it's what it's all about. Um, TikTok is amazing. And I've resisted, resisted, resisted. And then I'm like, okay, I need to find out what the big fuss is. Um also makes sense as well because it's all like video and um, audio and uh, talky content and stuff, which apparently is shit that I'm good at. But anyway, in writing my bio, I was like, you know, people kind of do these lists of things. It's like, you know, actor, activist, cook, you know, uh, I don't know, like all the things that they identify themselves with. And then I'm like, what if I, if I put mother first, does that like then you know pin my entire identity into that people are going to be like oh she's just that oh like if I put wife am I then a bad feminist and anyway so in no particular order I am a mama and I am a wife I am a woman I identify as a woman and um I am a teacher I am a musician Yes, I am a musician. I often say I used to be a musician. I've actually played live for um, quite a while, but I am still a musician. I can still read dots and play them well. Anyway, um, I'm a writer. I am an activist. I'm owning that one now. I'm a feminist. I am neurodivergent, if you know what that means. And... um, I'm an external examiner, <laughs> if you know, if you are a higher educator and know what that means. Um, I am lots of things. I am Jen. And I'm a fucking human being who uh, has had a bit of a journey into um, figuring out who I am and what I'm passionate about and um, stopping apologizing. And... Um, Last year, I decided that um, if life life was just, you know, not enough with um, a global pandemic and a one and a half year old and then finding out I was pregnant with another baby and um, 
yeah, going back to work uh, after maternity leave, I decided that wasn't enough. No, no, I was going to decide to do a PhD as well. Um, and then I've obviously decided that that's not enough and I've decided to do a, a podcast as well. You know, that's who I am. I'm just that kind of person. Anyway, uh, so last year I decided to pursue a PhD. Uh, in fact, I remember my dad saying to me, he's like, what is it? Is it like that you want to be a doctor? Um, like, is it is it the doctor title? And I thought, oh gosh, no. In fact, that sounds like... Dr. Jen Klempner just does not have the ring about it. And um, I pondered on that question and I often do still ponder on that. And I think it's my thirst for knowledge um, that pushes me that way and um, and desire for change, um, uh, for, for real um, definitive, impactful change in my sector in education. And... Um, the kind of common theme throughout my um, career in education, which is, I guess, getting on for about like 13 years now. And I've um, been teaching uh, young creative adults, so actors and musicians primarily um, for uh, in music and in singing and in performance uh, for up to 13 years. And the common denominator has been these young people struggling in some way, shape or form with their mental health. And that's either as a consequence of the particular period, the, the season of being in higher education, um, or it's as a consequence of uh, pre-existing mental conditions that they bring with them into um, into their studentship. And I've uh, had quite some experience of like observing and relating to and communicating with and... Um, mentoring these young people um, through uh, the various facets and uh, challenges and um, the multi-layers that there is mental health. And um, I noticed some kind of commonalities um, about being a creative person, about being a creative person within an institutionalized environment, about being a creative person in a rapidly changing industry. Um, and also being a creative person in um, certain generations. Uh, so I guess I've witnessed like the switch of generations. I'm a millennial. Um, I am that generation who are, uh, I think, <laughs> becoming known and notorious for uh, talking about our trauma. We're so deeply traumatized by... Um, by you goddamn boomers and traditionalists and Gen Xers and um uh and oh god you know that's just like a podcast in itself if anyone wants to come on and talk to me specifically or have a chat specifically about generational trauma please get in touch just dm me oh good good opportunity for a little plug on my instagram is at the den underscore pod anyway um yeah, so I've witnessed kind of that transition of like generations and then I've become really fascinated with Generation Z, who are uh, the generation that I am now kind of like teaching and how differently they think and operate and interact. But um, yet still there seems to be this kind of this this problem or this burden with being a creative person and um and the, the the way in which we are wired, um, there's a lot of stereotypes thrown around about what it is to be a creative. And dare I say, dare I say it, and this is not fact, it's not grounded in research, but this is what I'm keen to find out, that there are a large percentage of neurodivergent creative people. 
And that is because what it means to be neurodiverse lends itself to being creative. In fact, the last time I was in the studio and speaking on the wonderful podcast, um, Kicking Back with Brad. Hey, Brad. Um, he's recording me now. Uh, yeah, I kind of touched upon that. Anyway, I'm flathering. There's going to be a lot of that on this um, on this pod. But um, yeah, you may or may not have noticed there's um, a big boom in the media um, and a lot of talking about the surge of statistics of um, adults um, discovering that they have attention deficit and hyperactivity disorder. Um, I think there's also a spike in the number of adults being diagnosed, obviously, later in life with autism. Um, if you Google kind of, you know, what it is to be neurodivergent, you'll find a list of mental conditions um, such as ADHD, autism, OCD, dyslexia, dyscalculia, cula, dyscalculia. That's right. That's correct. Um uh, borderline personality disorder, BPD, um, and various others are in the kind of neurodivergent category. And it basically means that our brains do not respond in a typical way. And I'm not going to go into the neuroscience bit because I'm, I'm not a neuroscientist and I don't think that's why people are going to be listening to me. But um, anyway, I have been for a while fascinated about the ways in which our brains work differently and therefore we might behave differently um, about the burden that creative people tend to have with their emotions and processing and communicating and um, and for a long 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 time in my profession as a teacher um, I've been about creating safe spaces uh, for people to really thrive in. Um, in fact I said it to a colleague recently actually that um the question was, when we're teaching performance skills, do we, how do we teach confidence? Like, how do we teach students to be confident? Um, and this person was saying, you know, I, I think that what we teach first is how to be competent in, um, in their area, in, um, in, in, their, in their work, in their skill, you know, in their performance, in their art, in their craft. And, um, and then the confidence starts to grow. And I, I said, actually, you know, for me in my work, it's been about um, enabling people to feel safe first and foremost um, and put them in an environment within which they feel safe enough and equipped enough to really thrive. So hence the den uh, was born. And uh, I just suddenly had this idea uh, one day or this memory, I guess, in fact, I've got to credit my my wonderful mother for this. Um, I think she was she was um, she was talking about my kids uh, making dens um, and uh, a children's need for enclosure, and um, when they retreat to a small space, whether that be under a table or in a box or um, in you know a tent or a teepee or whatever. That um that they immediately feel safe because of the sense of enclosure around them, and then I recollected uh, like numerous memories of me den building, um when I was a kid, and uh, and then started to observe with my own children uh, that very thing of like of safety within enclosure, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could kind of emulate that that sense of of a den. Um, and I remember as well as a kid that um, when my brother and I did build a den or a fort or anything, then it was like 
no access to certain people. Like you had to earn your right to come into the den. Only certain people were invited in. And sometimes maybe nobody would be invited in um, because it was a safe, exclusive um, place. Like, you know, you, you don't want to, yeah, you can't just invite any old riffraff into the den. Anyway, <sighs> draw a breath, Jen. So welcome to my den, the den. Oh, in fact, our den. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. And that's, that's dens. And, um, what is the point of this podcast? Uh, in writing my little script earlier, I was uh, brought back to, um, a quote that I came across in, um, that brilliant film, The King's Speech. And, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the character, Jeffrey Rush can't remember his character's name but anyway he um he talks about his work uh, as an actor and and then as a director and he says my job was to give them faith in their voice and let them know that a friend was listening um and then I, I kind of pinched that mantra from my work as an educator I think I pinned it on my Instagram profile at one point embarrassingly but anyway I'm going to claim it back um my job is to give people faith in their voice uh, and maybe let them know that a friend is listening as well. But I'm not a counsellor. I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just Jen. Um, lots of different things. And um, I am eager for knowledge. I'm eager for new knowledge and new understanding um, about our brains. I'm eager to bust wide open uh, environments and cultures that are causing people suffering and pain and ca start calling it out and giving people the confidence and the conviction um, and the knowledge to call it out. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to do something that I guess matters for um, for the generations younger than me and um, and for my kids. All right. I feel like we need some kind of like cheesy music in the background of that. But I don't know. In this day and age, having gone through like a global pandemic and stuff, I guess we all do just, you know, look at what who we are and what we're doing and, and what really kind of adds value and what matters. I'm also neurodivergent. So um, my brain like requires constant stimulation <laughs> I get bored really easily. So um, hence the reason why I'm attempted to do so many things at once. But, but yeah, in the den, we're going to talk about um, loads of different things, um, the nature of being creative. Um, we're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about new neurodivergence. We're going to talk about socialism and feminism and um, why the world needs change. Um, and I guess open to anything else you would like to talk about. Um, yeah, and I guess that's it, really. And I want to hear about your dens that you built. And every episode I'm going to ask um, whoever um, I have um, brought in as a guest um, to recollect uh, a den that they have built or they have been in. Um, so to start us off, I will try and do that. Hmm. Okay, so off the bat, um, I've become an avid den builder with and for my kids and um my daughter got she gets some amazing presents from her godmother um one of my greatest friends um but 
her godmother got her one birthday a den building kit, which basically consists of like a couple of tarpaulin and um, tent nails. I don't know what they're called and like and a hammer and some string. And I was a bit bewildered by it to begin with. I was like, how on earth am I supposed to? <laughs> build a den out of this like I thought it was going to be like a teepee or like something kind of like very man-made and um and and like with a um there was no booklet like there was no guy to tell you how to build it anyway you basically have to get really creative with this top hole and string and stuff and every time I put it up and um, I I find some new way of like creating enclosure with it um and my more recent favorite was I got the top hole and and I ran, it's got like holes in all the corners and then like in between as well. And I ran the string through the top and then I found um, a post and then a tree to attach each end of the strings to. Um, and then I, um, it was like against the wall of our house, the side of all. And then I just like pulled it out at an angle. So you've basically got kind of like the vertical of the wall and then, I don't even know how to describe this. Like, so it created kind of like a triangle. Like anyone who's watching me live can see me doing it with my hands. But of course you can't, listeners. You're like, what is this woman going on about? Anyway, so it just created, yeah, just this like, and it was very, very simple. But then underneath I put um, my um, my my late grand's um, rug. And then I got um, a load of cushions and then a load of teddies. And then I got a piece of bamboo and uh, an old piece of card and I wrote um, Maggie and Caspian's Den on the card and then I stuck it to the bamboo and I put the sign by uh, the side and then I stood back with my hands on my hips and went, oh, I'm like, I'm a brilliant mum. Who, how many other mums would do that? And I laboured over that. I have no idea what the kids were doing at this stage. It was like, it was vaguely hot outside, which I tend to just like, a certain point of the day, just like throw them out, strip them, get them naked, put them, here you go, children, into the wild, go nuts. And uh, super tough with this den and then expect them to be like, yeah, let's get in. They have not set foot in that fucking den. <laughs> like, I laboured over this den and like proper I don't know spent ages like how am I gonna make it like really cool and cozy and perfect and the sign and everything and they did not go in it but I did I got in it with Elmo uh and set up a little uh and set up a little tea party and felt very pleased with myself so onward to uh, the next den build and see if they actually enjoy that one. I have to try and figure out what it was about that enclosure that did not entice them or maybe they were just too busy um playing with in the ball pool or I don't know tearing a shred off each other as they often tend to do at the moment but there we go okay so thank you and uh for being in the den with me and uh putting up with um the tangents of my neurodiversity and I hope that you will continue to join me on this journey and um and get on board with um, pushing for change and sharing what it's like to be creative (laughs) 